Welcome back to PoePolitikin.com, your home for self-help meets hip-hop. Make sure you go on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, type in PoePolitikin, list some of our interviews since 2008. One, two, one, tone, place to be with professional boxer, Daniel Bailey. How you doing, bro? I'm feeling good, feeling good. How you doing? I'm great, man. My, my boy, uh, homie Green, shout out to Green. He said, you the future. Yes, sir. Coach Green, good people's right there. So where you from? I'm from Miami, Florida. I live out here in Colorado Springs for right now because I was on um, boxing for the Army. Okay. So you in the Army? Yeah, I'm still in the Army. I have about four or five months left. And then I'm um, transitioning out, and then I'm going to move to Vegas. Well, Mayweather? Are you going to be with Mayweather in them or what? No, nah, sign, I'm signed with a um, manager. That's on um, Freddie Roach's nephew at Fight Locker, Ryan Roach. Um, once I'm to Vegas, I, I just want to get seen by somebody, and I want um, my talent to continue growing, so I want to get up there with them dogs and just keep working, and then eventually somebody, a top promoter, assign me. But if Floyd want to sign me, he, he offered me the right amount, and he, he willing to like guide me in the right direction. That's definitely a route I'll take. So you in the, what's your MOS now? 92 Golf Cook. So how does it work with your uh, like training and stuff? So as far as um when I was in the army about a year and a half ago, I was in a world class athlete program. So I was exempt from doing my MOS. Mm, okay. And I, all I would have to do is um train. And then up to up until this year, I just started doing my MOS. But about when this whole um COVID situation started happening, I got pulled and basically all I had to have to do now is show up for accountability and then the rest of the day I'm preparing to get out and training. So you like Joe Lewis now, huh? Yeah, I'm feeling good about myself right now. <laughs> Joe Lewis. I'm like oh, Ray Robinson. Uh, I would say so. Uh, just let me know your your background. Let me know how you got involved in boxing. I started boxing at the age of 14. I was um, I started boxing at the age of 14, but I started um learning at the age of 11 from a neighbor, Cuban neighbor who lived across the street. Once I got into a regular gym at the age of 14, I just kept going like. In Miami Dade, like people think it's just a vacation spot. That's but it's really like a lot of ghettos. So it'll be um it'll be boxing gyms in the area that they'll close down, but they'll leave other um boxing gyms open in different neighborhoods in Miami. So my, what my coach did was he just um basically made a way for me to go to the next gym. So I would take a bus, train and another bus to go to the gym every day and have to do the same thing to go back every day. But I kept doing it for all these years, and it just paid off for me at the end. Yeah, I remember even with uh, ain't that what like Miami Kimbo Slice and Game Bread, like the underground fighting is out there too, huh? Yeah, that's where I really started getting big out there. Kimbo <laughs> Slice and he was um, yeah, I think his manager was Icy Mike, if I'm mm -hmm. not mistaken. I was about to sign with him at first, but it didn't go go right. But shout out to Icy Mike, good people. So you was doing underground fighting? Nah, I wasn't doing underground oh. fight. Icy Mike was going to transition into boxing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So how long, what you, what you say you started, how old were you started? I started learning at 11. I started competing at 14. Damn, so how old are you now? I'm 24, and I got about 100 amateur fights. I'm 85 and 15. I was in the top 10 of the amateurs for the last four or five years. Like, I've been in the top 10, like, out the gate. Like, my first after my first year um amateur boxing, I was already ranked fourth in the country. Hmm. And then I ended up going to the Junior Olympics and winning nationals a few times, things like that. What's your What's your weight class? Right now, I'm boxing at my pro debut, which is next week, November seventh, will be at one thirty. But I'm going to um 
campaign at 122 once I get settled in Las Vegas. Okay. I would say, what do, what would you say, like, um, do you think, how many amateur fights should somebody fight for they go pro? It depends on the fighter and the weight class, really. Because I feel like bigger guys, they don't need as many amateur fights because of the, um, the slow tempo. You know, like heavyweights, guys like that, those guys could get get away with having 20, 30 amateur bouts. And they could be real productive in um, professional um, professional ranks. But as far as smaller guys, 140 and below, I feel like those guys need a little bit more amateur fights and a little bit more seasoning because it's not that much power. So you got to be fast and you got to be agile and elusive and things like that. You don't need that too much in a, as a heavyweight because, like, for example, um, Seth Mitchell, who was like, I, don't, I forgot, he started taking L's now, but he was um about 16 and 0 at first coming out. He only had about 10 amateur bouts. And then Deontay Wilder, he had like, what, at most like 20, 30 amateur bouts and made the Olympic team and won a bronze. Mm. So who's some of your, who are who your, who your top five boxers? Top five right now. Um, I don't really have no top five. I, I, I like all defensive fighters, all guys who counterpunch and things like that. So I just watch all those guys' highlights and film study. Uh, my my top my fighter right now that's fighting is Canelo Alvarez and Adrian Broner. I really like Adrian Broner, but he just he doing his that's thing right point, now. Man. That's my that's my homie. On my on my um, I told you I play fight night. My fighter yeah. I put on the, on his robe. I put on goddamn. <laughs> that's one of my. That's man. He, he posted something yesterday. He was like, "Him in heaven." Hey, you bad as hell. How how long you been dead? Oh. <laughs> and then God said, um, hey, you gotta go, bro. Bro, bro. Like he posts he's he a funny guy, he's real entertaining. And I really like him for his own charisma and things like that. And when he was blazing, he was really blazing. I feel like a lot of times they don't give him no credit, but that's a four-time real champion. But we we treat him like like he didn't accomplish anything because of who was comparing him to. Yeah, I think jump. that uh I think that that like ever since that one fight, then they started like kind of playing them weak. That oh, that what Madonna, Madonna, the, yeah, one the Madonna that, fight. But they don't understand. He fought at one forty seven once prior to that, and then fought one of the biggest punches in that weight division. Who, who was somebody who was um on a rise again because Madonna had tra changed trainers and was actually living right. Then he fought Adrian Brown, who coming up. He got yeah, he got all the confidence on the side, but he coming up. They have to deal with no adversity like that. You feel me? Yeah. I'm yeah. saying what you were saying defensive fighters. So what you think about uh my favorite defensive fighter is James Tony. Oh, that's one of my favorites that's all-time favorites. James Tony he's slick. He um he used his body a little bit more than Floyd does in the shoulder roll. Like he he's staying there in the pocket more, he counter off a lot more too. Floyd uses his legs a lot more. That's the only difference is that um James Tony gonna sit in a pocket with you right there and use angles, but mm -hmm. Floyd can do the same thing, but he got his legs. So how you how would you describe your fighting style? Uh, I'm I'm pretty much the same way as far as using my legs, but I feel like I use d distance and timing is real good, and then I have real good reflexes. I like to use all um, defensive techniques though. I still like recently I was just learning how to do the um the former um cross cross um, yeah, guard it. yeah. <laughs> He was fucking yeah, with that. I'm, I'm trying to get cold with everything. Uh, that's what's up. So I, I was going to ask you, uh, yeah, I was actually listening to this boxer last night. He was saying uh, 
the writer win you titles, but the jab uh, always win you the fight. Yeah. The jab. Nah. I, that's one way you could put it. I feel like the jab is the easiest punch to throw, and it's the easiest punch where you can control the whole bout because you can, you can box, you can use a jab and counter every punch that's thrown at you. You could catch a right hand, jab back, left. And it's, it's like, it's not hard to use. A lot of fighters shy away from it because they don't feel like it's effective, but the smart fighters, they use their jab and they use it, they use it in many ways. Yeah, so uh, describe an average day for you, like your training. Average day for me, I wake up in the morning, go for a run on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I go for a run or basically I'm doing long distance or sprints. Come back home, hot Epsom salt bath. Then I'll chill out till I go to the boxing gym. After my boxing training, I'll do another um, Epsom salt bath and call it a day. Before, when I was um, part of the Army program, I was working out four times a day. And I felt like that was killing my body because I would um, do my two army workouts. I'll have to wake up at eight o'clock, go to strength and conditioning, come back at three, do a boxing workout. Then I'll go to the gym again and do another boxing workout with a different trainer. And then I'll go to 24 hour fitness and do a run or something like that as far as cardio. Mm -hmm. And I did that ongoing for about a year and a half. And I feel like that burnt my body out. So now I'm taking a different approach. I'm trying to save my body. So I'm only training once once a day right now, but I'm still getting the same results and I'm feeling a lot better and I'm not having any, anything like that. Yeah, actually, and I'm not running. We, I actually just talked to uh, Austin Trout and Brandon White. Now, Austin Trout was saying the same thing. He was saying like, especially like younger bosses, they be wanting to go all out with the training, but you kind of got to pace yourself, especially you're going to stay at it for a while. Right, and I've I seen that the hard way because I was ranked um like top, three, four for like the first few years, I um joined the elite division. And then towards the end when it was time to make the trials and stuff, it was like, I, I lost a close decision on um, Bruce Currington. He, he made the Olympic team actually for my weight class. I lost a close de split decision to him. And then after that, it's kind of like my body kind of like went backwards on me. Mm. I started getting, I was getting, um, I have to use a tape on both legs. I was getting shin splints. Yeah, um, elbows, yeah, all falling apart. But I, um, after after I didn't make the Olympic team, had to regroup and got my mind right, and now I'm ready to turn professional. I'm being smart about everything I do, taking a better approach. That's why I like that. I was telling you about that virtual game. I I like I like it because right. they actually got a heavy bag on there. Cause I know, like you know, sometimes your damn wrist be hurting off that heavy bag you put, using it all the time. <laughs> yeah, you, like a lot of people be burning out their hands and everything like this. It's crazy how much we beat up our body, and a lot of times we don't. We kind of like, wow, we we'll be all right tomorrow. We'll ice it and be all right, but it adds up. Yeah, I was gonna say I heard you say uh, the Epsom salt baths. How how, uh, how you learned about those? So I learned about the Epsom salt baths. Um, I don't even remember who told me that or put me on game, but thank you because making weight is easy when you take a quick Epsom salt bath. Like for example. I could wake up one day at 39 and then I take an Epsom salt bath and I could lose like three pounds in 30 minutes. Damn. Yeah. About three pounds. And then what I'm, and I go to the boxing gym, lose three more pounds. Then I come back and take another Epsom salt bath and lose three more pounds. What is it? The salt doing that? It's the, it, yeah, it's taking that water weight out you, but you keep, um, the thing is 
nowadays a lot like uh sports science is starting to get so um advanced that they um they telling us to drink more water because back in the day a lot of guys wouldn't drink too much water and they dehydrate themselves but now what we do is we drinking gallons of water putting all this water in us and then we eat less. but at the same time we stand hydrated and that's where um that stops the brain damage that we have a lot of fighters come across mm. so the Epsom salt, they just take the water out of you that you've been drinking all day. So if you're drinking um, a gallon of water by the time and you weighing 140 pounds, by the end of the day, you could be weighing anything from 135 to 132. Mm. Right. It's, it's easy. It's, it's starting to get like, they really breaking it down if you like do your research and things like that. Because I see it nowadays, like, I don't know, you remember last year, a lot of fighters, like, what it was, how many number um, fighters lost their lives? Like three or four fighters? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, like three, four fighters, they lost their lives. And I know a lot of it has to do with being dehydrated and not rehydrating properly. You be taking ice baths and shit? I be seeing that Hell now. Hell nah. I don't mess with them. <laughs> I, I don't mess with the cold from Miami. I hate being out here in Colorado, man. Oh, yeah, it's cold out there right now. I saw that. Man, it started snowing on Monday, and then it was the sun was out Tuesday. I was like, this, man, it, this weather acting like a woman right now, flipping uh-huh. modes. They'll say, are yeah, you I, I'll ask you, are you trying to, uh, what's your what's your plans right now? Like, are you trying to go to the Olympics still, or are you finna go pro soon? Um, So my plans right now, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to turn professional. My whole goal of um, joining the Army and boxing for the Army was just to gain as much experience as possible before turning professional. So I feel like you can't accomplish greatness until you be a pro, because you see um, Vasali, he did all that in the amateurs, and he took that L in the pro, and it's like, it don't matter what you did in the amateurs, you, you feel me? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, so with me, his shoulders messed up though. Say it one more time. He has. He's saying he had shoulder surgery. You talking about Lomachenko? Oh, that sounds right? like an excuse to me. Yeah, that's my that's, whole. Yeah, thing. I don't like, like excuses. I just don't understand. Like, I don't know. I just be looking at it sometimes. Like, if it's a big fight like that, why would you go into the fight injury? Because you remember Manny Pacquiao trying to say that too with Floyd. So it's like, why? Yeah, would and you- then he start. Yeah, and then he got um. You know, it's crazy. A couple um. Guys start suing on Manny Pacquiao for that comment. Mm. And he went back and said that he um and then they found a picture of him and some salt water scuba diving and he said this the salt water healed his shoulder or whatever, but they sued him for that because you know a lot of people put a lot of money on them guys fighting <laughs> at that level. Yeah. So you you doing that, you jeopardizing somebody else's money because these guys betting on you, but you're not even a hundred percent, but you disclosing this information from the uh, Nevada Commission. Yeah. So they got so he got to be careful with that. I feel like that's an excuse. Like, don't cop out. Like, a, a younger fighter beat you that day. You know, it was all about strategy. When you came on, you came on strong. But by, that, by then, it was too late. The yeah. fight was on too far off. I didn't think that score was that score, though. I thought that score was off. I thought it was um about 7-5. Yeah, I'm saying that shit was one of them scores. It was crazy. It was like. That shit was um 11-1. I'm saying, how do you think? I think like it's still like like a lot of still like even back in the day, you know, you can go back old school. It's always been a lot of politics and, and shady business and boxing. So how you navigate around that? Um, I, I think I think one reason is like that because they are. It's kind of like the people they get is always like you kind of like uh, it's the poor. It's always like the people from the hood. So you kind of like take advantage of the fighters from the hood. It's kind of like just like college sports a little bit. I see it. 
I feel like um I feel you on that because the best athletes are the ones that and the best athletes are the ones that work harder who got the better work ethic and that stems from basically coming from poverty mm-hmm. and those guys like we hungry you come from the project you come from nothing so you're gonna be a lot more hungry than the guy who um who waking up and he driving a car to school when guys from from the projects we walk walking to school are taking a bus you feel me yeah i remember uh pacquiao was saying he used to fight for rice yeah like things like that like that that breeds champions honestly <laughs> over now hopkins yeah. said you're not gonna get no nothing to get no champion from the suburbs too often right Right. So I feel like on with the politics part, I feel like it's so much money involved in the sport that that's what that that comes into play. Like you got you got the fighters whose money's involved. You got um the, the, the supporters, the fans, um, commutators um, and you got the promoters putting their money in, too. So if a promoter, you know, the promoters get the, the judges and things like that. So, of course, if you're the promoter's fighter, the judge is going to be a little swayed in your favor if you're the favorite. Like you the promoter's fighter and the promoter brought these judges in to judge the fight. You feel me? So in order to get over that hump, you gotta beat those guys, clearly beat those guys, and still sometimes that's not enough. But you know, you can fi- always find a positive in every situation and say you don't don't get the right decision, right? But everybody demanding for a rematch. So now you you made some good money off that fight. Now you get a second fight, you're gonna make better money. So it's just like you just try to take the positive out of everything. Mm. All right, man. Shit. So what else? What's your interest outside of boxing? So outside of boxing, I went on. I'm modeling also, do the modeling thing, and then once I start making good money with both, I want to transition in uh, real estate. I, I need some property. I'm trying to uh, buy some property and get somebody to rent it out and things like that. I just want to um, keep building and building a legacy for myself and create generational wealth. Oh yeah, you see who I got? Let me see if you know who that is. Right there, that look like on um, Jack Johnson. Yeah, that's the goat right there. I had to put the OG back there. Man, I'm look not- at, I'm sharp out here, man. <laughs> I <see> I- <laughs> yeah, he was cold though, man. Like, they already talked, I, I was kind of like, uh, I mean, I guess I was, I was glad they did that pardon, but that shit was so long after he died. I was like, whatever, but. Man, that was a bad motherfucker, bro. <laughs> man, that dude, he knew who he was, and he wasn't taking nothing that less. Yeah, he wasn't taking no choice, boy. That, that motherfucker was bad. I just wish I was around when he was. They said he was so bad. Every time he win, they go try to lynch somebody, bro. He, he had a man like that. <laughs> they go lynch somebody every time he win. Man, I read something where it said um one time he got pulled over for speeding. And then he gave a dude double the money and shit because he been to continue speed. <laughs> he said, "Catch me on the way back, coming way back." Right. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, shit. man. That's something funny. Like I ain't. That's some uh, Mayweather shit right there. Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of you a fan of hip hop? I am, man. I I really don't respect the music business because them dudes be having crazy talent. Oh yeah. No, it's funny, man. It, this shit is so like life. If you think about life, it's weird because it's like. Uh, the the rappers want to be the athletes, but the athletes listen to the rappers for their motive for inspiration. <laughs> so it's like, right, like, like, we, like got, we both want to switch spots because it's like if you really pay attention to it, all like rappers and stuff, they want to get accepted by the athletes the yeah. same way the athletes want to tra- want to uh, transition to the music game because at the end of the day, when you get the support from the other side, you get bigger. Yeah, so they be wanting that. They'll say, "Well, who your who your top five in, in hip hop?" 
uh, top five. So I'm really like, don't judge me, but I'm really into like R and B a little bit more. But I like, Who you like? yeah, I like R and B too. You go R and B then. Um, Drake, that's one of my favorite artists. Then you got Party Next though. Um, what's I'll be listening to? I always listen to Meat Mill. Like he go crazy. Um, Meat. That's our top three though. I ain't even got no five. Like other than that. Like when I hear good music, I just make a playlist and then every, I just add it to my playlist every time. Who you say about R and B? Oh, R and B, like Party Nets though. That's one of them um, R and B guys. Um, like Daniel Caesar. Then you got this dude Gavion. He came. He coming out with music. He was on. My wife like him. I I was like I don't like his voice though. My wife like. Man, him. he he got a whole different sound. I know you do. That's what I just said. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that dude voice, man. But he's like, yeah, he nah, got different. Um, who else? I like um, I'm starting to like the Afro beats. Um, this dude, Burner Boy. Uh huh. Yeah, he nice with it. Um, he got a song called Um Yay, and he got some. He got music coming out. That it's going crazy. Like he got the Afro beats going crazy. Like, and then I I listen to a lot of my um. My boys from back home. I got a homeboy who um make music named Mike Rosier. Mm-hmm. I got a homeboy named A Loki. Like they making music and putting out um music on Apple Music already, and they haven't even been signed to anybody major yet. What what county are you from? I'm from Dade County. Oh. Amy Dade County. You um so so you don't be you ain't uh, associated with Ross know how? Ain't he from Dade County? I like Rick Ross. Like of course I was, I was just like calling out my favorites, but if I want to get it, hopefully. Once I start making a name for myself, I get embraced by Ross and Kodak and all these guys because I want to have that that Florida that Florida energy in the boxing because I don't feel like that's really in boxing right now. What's your What's your boxing What's your nickname? GDFE. That's my goal in boxing. I want to go down as the greatest defensive fighter ever. Okay. Oh yeah. That's, I mean, I was gonna say that, man. Cause I said you you gonna you gonna be a model, man. I mean, you gotta keep the face straight. Can't get hit, man. I gotta be smooth, man. I gotta be smooth. I can't be out here getting beat up. I mean, but shit, to me, I mean, that's why I I love Floyd because uh, I think that's what you gonna box and like you trying to make money. Shit, you can't get. You don't want to be like to me, like okay, like Ali. But look how Ali went out, man. You don't want to go out like that. You want to be attacked when you uh, keep quit boxing. You don't want to go you out know, and stop, like brain disease and brain damage. But you know it's crazy that it's um I heard something I don't know I was reading something and I, I heard it also that they feel like Ali got injected with that disease when he went for like a flu shot or something like that got injected injected with Parkinson's the government did that to him but ain't no telling man but even yeah, like so, I mean, even like they messed they messed him up because it was like well they go Ali right there right they, with they the Superman on post. Yeah, they messed him up because uh, you know they took them years from him when he went boxing. He had to get that money back, so you know he probably took some fights he didn't have to take. He didn't supposed he to be just, boxing when he was boxing homes. He supposed to been done by then, right? And and you know it's crazy too because you see it so much in the sport that so all the people who are around you, right, who don't do re- really do anything for you and your benefit, they still need you to fight so you could keep so they could keep getting money themselves. You understand? Yeah. So. I was listening to an audio book by Floyd, um, not Floyd, I'm sorry, by um, 50 Cent. He was saying that basically nobody's telling, would tell Floyd like to save his money or anything like that because every time he fight, it was a payday for everybody. Uh-huh. 
So what they kept they kept doing is letting them buy all these things and all that. Cause then what what Chem gonna have to do? Chem gonna have to go up there and fight again. Yeah, you gotta but that's a Right. And 50 was saying that in his audio book. And I was like, damn, I ain't never really think about it like that. But how the people around you could just encourage you to keep taking these fights as well. Like, I'm pretty sure people around Ali was like, oh, man, that's an easy $5 million. And, you know, they boosting his confidence. of like, oh, homes can't mess with you, like, things like that. Yeah, I was going to say, man, like, I be looking at it like, I don't know, man, like, you go back in the day, you know how they had, it, like, gladiators? So it's really, like, gladiators, and it's really, like, once y'all done, even in all the sports, like MMA, pro wrestling, it's like once y'all done with it, just like fans don't care no more. They on to the next, but then bodies broke up. Do they have insurance or anything like that? You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like right. they don't really have no uh, health care for the fighters and stuff. So I think they need to start coming up with that because, like, we can't be using these people for entertainment. Then when they get fucked up, oh, whatever. Fuck him, he fell off. You know what I'm saying? He fell off because he was fighting that damn fight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And it's a lot. You see, you even see it with um all these guys who, who passed away last year. Like, yeah, people are dying out here. It's like you. It's really I say it's some gladiator shit. It's like gladiators. It's like taking it back to Rome days and shit. Yeah, like fucking on um, the Spartans and shit like yeah. that. Like motherfuckers dying and nobody like. It all everybody feeling bad, like inside the Boston community, everybody in Brit, like they showing love to the person who passed away, and they they put money in it. But we don't got no organization that's like, oh, here this, get this to the family and things like that. Because most fighters, they boxing and stuff like that for they to feed their family. Yeah, I was gonna say, man. Speaking of um, gladiator, actually one of my peoples is uh, the champ right now. But what do you think about that bare knuckle boxing? Uh. I I never really sat there and watched um a, a fight yet. Man, that shit looks so, that shit that shit kind of scared me because it's like you get cut so quick, man. It's like first round you already cut up. <laughs> like I'll be For like, real? man, that shit so raw, man. Cause it just they don't. I heard they round. get paid. They they get paid good money though. Man, I don't think they get paid like that. I gotta see how much they get paid, but I don't think it's like for how how I mean. And then a lot of people, it's the MMA people and the boxers, but. A lot of the it ain't really like boxing. It's kind of like dirty boxing, right? So you got to be like more like dirty boxing. So MMA, you know, they kind of do more the clinching and shit. So yeah, it ain't like just boxing straight win because bare knuckle is a little different than boxing. Like from from what I heard about it, because I seen um 2016 Olympian Nico Hernandez competed in um bare knuckle boxing recently. Yeah. And I ain't look at, I ain't even watch him or anything like that. But I don't know if, if for me to for, for me to do something like that, they got to pay me some good money because I'm not gonna do it. How these UFC guys, these guys, top fighters getting a hundred thousand as a main event. I'm like a hundred thousand. You gotta these motherfuckers dodging kicks, punches, elbows, knees, and you a hundred thousand. <laughs> and then Floyd, then Floyd going to make forty. Million. I, I guess they said a hundred thousand, but it's only five rounds. Boxing is twelve, but it's five minutes. Five five minute rounds. Boxing is three minutes. It's a little bit longer, but also you got to see them. Uh, them UFC guys, they pimping them, them fighters. Oh yeah, they definitely they doing it worse than than boxers do it. Cause if you if you telling me you got like what Conor McGregor, he making about making mil making M's in UFC. 
but he had to build to that and he got the personality and the charisma and all that. But all these other guys, these dudes making a hundred thousand as a main event, that mean Dana White, he pocketing M's like on top of M's. They do that shit. They still they doing that shit like man, you know, you would think ain't nothing going on with UFC because UFC do yeah, them motherfuckers every running. week. Every week they got an island. They bought they they bought an island now and doing that shit on an island now. They every week it's a UFC event. I'm like, ah, damn, how they doing so many events? I know how they, the motherfucking fighters ain't getting paid like that, so they getting all that money. <laughs> and them fighters begging for paydays. That's why they do so many on bonuses. Yeah. Uh, I would say, what you, you remember? Uh, I was gonna ask you. You might not know though. Why you think they took the? Remember back in the day, it used to be longer rounds in boxing. Yeah. Why you think it went down? Oh, they um they said it in a few interviews and things like that when they first did it. It was a lot of fighters dying. Oh, okay. Yeah, that fifteen, them fifteen rounds, like that fifteen rounds was getting to fighters, and then they they cut it down to twelve. But I feel like I feel like you should prepare for fifteen. These days, you should pre- prepare for fifteen rounds. But even though it's twelve rounds, you should pre- prepare like it's gonna be fifteen, so you could be in shape because really half of the battle will stay in shape. Like once ninety percent of fighters, they don't stay in the gym year round and things like that. So you doing that. Plus, you you nice with it, you going to excel. And then you were saying you want to be the greatest defensive fighter ever. So what's like, uh, just give me, because I be, I ain't no boxer like that, but I just, just in case somebody ran above me, I want to be ready. What's some good defensive skills you could do to improve your defensive skills in boxing? Um, if you got like, if you had like a basic level and things like that, I would always go to blocking first and p- blocking because when you block, you <laughs> Basically, you see the punch coming, you just cover up, boom. Right hand, left hand, you just cover up, things like that. Um, Once you get more advanced, you start slipping. When you slip, you want to slip to the outside of your punches. When you get even better at slipping, you can slip to the inside of punches and start catching guys, and then you can start countering in between shots and things like that. But it's all about reputation. Um, The more reps you put in, the better you're going to get at it. More uh, When I go in the gym, I have like rounds where I'm going defense. Like I got a guy throwing punches at me and I throw only like the jowl once in a while just to keep him at bay and keep that distance. But um, just keep practicing every day. Every single day I'm working on that every day. Man, what's the difference between, it be kind of sound like the same to me. What's the difference between a slip and a weave? All right, so a weave is when you're rolling under a punch. Oh, like you duck under? Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's more, um, you weave, you can weave straight shots and hooks. You can't uh, slip hooks though. You can roll with shots and things like that, but you basically um, slipping is really for when you want to counter. You want to get on right on the outside of a punch to counter back to the right with the right hand. If you want to, um, if you slip in a jab side of the, the um, left side of a person's body, you can counter back with your right and vice versa. If they they throw an A on right, you can counter with your left. Then, uh, do you throw the right uppercut a lot? Only so when I be um boxing southpaws, what I be doing is I go to they um they um left hand, and then that opens them up like we both even at this point. But if they try to if I counter them, I can counter to the right uppercut easily because they body right there because I'm walking towards it like it's like a mirror and I'm walking towards it like this. Mm. Yeah, it's a lot of techniques in, in, involved, but once you get it down and you get the but first you get the basics down and then everything else is like it's it's like juice it's easy sweet so we, your coaches right now are just the military coaches right now i'm not so i'm even though i'm in the army i'm not in wcap anymore so i i use um 
I work with Coach Ramos. He's on part of the, the Army team, but he just worked with me on the side, basically. And then when I get over to Las Vegas, I'm going to have the same trainer as Danny Jacobs, Farid. So he was um, in the Army as well. He was actually on the 1996 team with Floyd. I'm sorry? Who is Danny Jacobs' trainer? Um, for, for, for Reed Salon, if, if I'm pronouncing his name right, he's Muslim. Um, he um, he just started working with Danny Jacobs like two or three fights back now, but he was on the same team as um, Floyd Mayweather. He was actually seen as the guy to be the best, um, to make the best transition from amateur to pro mm. on that team. He, he ended up going about 15 or 16 and 0, if I'm not mistaken, and then just stopped boxing. He didn't even lose, he just, I guess, he found something better. Yeah, it get hard to keep doing that shit over all, all, all the time. Like it's a mental thing. After a minute, it's a lot. <laughs> like you yeah. like said, you gotta like, like you know, it ain't really no off season in boxing. And hey, yesterday I sparred like five rounds with um a heavier guy. He had to be like a, a welterweight, and I did about round. I got around four or five. And I'm like, fuck, I'm exhausted. <laughs> and my coach was like, one more, and I'm like, fuck, I'm like. You, you just gotta like just like embrace that 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 suck. You feel me? You just like fuck, and he just be like, yeah, let me go to work. Cause at the end of the day, you don't know how the other dude feeling on the other side. Yeah, you guys keep like just like through. um, what fight that was, and I think it was Ali was telling um telling him to cut the gloves out like he was done with Joe. Matter of fact, was it yeah? It was Joe Frazier and the Thriller Manila? He was like, man, I'm done, I'm done, and he, Ali wanted him to cut the gloves. But Joe Frazier don't stop before he did. Mm. Things like that. So you just never know who, what the other side feeling. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, you know, like you training the body and stuff, but you also got to train the mind too. Right. But I feel like once you get, once you're in shape, the mind, everything else, that's the easy part to me because the conditioning is like everything. Once you're in shape, a fighter that's in shape going to give you a hard time because your body can withstand more and things like that. Yeah, cause once you uh once you start getting tired, that's when the mind start getting tired. That's when you, <laughs> mind that, that, like, oh, I'm tired. Shit, yeah. You like man, you start breaking down. Even like you doing sprints or anything like that. Like when you on one and two, you like, oh, this easy. Then you get to like seven and eight, you like, man, how many more we got? Like, yeah. All right, man. I appreciate politicking with you. Yes, sir. I appreciate the opportunity, man. Thank you. Yeah, no doubt, man. We got to stay in touch in the future, man. When you get your belt, you got to come on with the belt, like holding on the belt and shit. Talk and I'm, I'm going to be on that motherfucker flexing like, <laughs> like you know, um, for sure. We got to um, stay in touch. You know, um, I'm on social media and everything. Yeah, I think I already hit you up. Yeah, I'm going to make sure I follow your career too, man. Best of luck with everything. All right, I appreciate it. Well, blessings. Yeah, what's your social media again? Um, my Instagram is Daniel Bailey Jr. underscore. And then on Facebook, you can find me at Daniel Bailey. Um, and on Twitter, you can find me at Daniel Bailey Jr. Uh, just keep an eye out for me, everybody. And, you know, you keep an eye out for me. You, um, your people, my people. So we basically peoples. Yeah. So no, I know no. we'll be in touch. Yeah. You got any shout outs? Uh, shout out to Coach Green. Shout out to everybody who support me and believe in me. And shout out to God for every opportunity because I'm blessed out here. You know, Pope Politicking. Keep an eye out for me. I'm Daniel Belly Jr., professional boxer who is on the rise.